All right, coffee people, we are back with a couple uh, roasters here. Um, Alex from Hammerhand and Mike from PT's. And we're hanging out at PH Coffee, Alex's new coffee shop. Here, Alex, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Since we're here. So, brand new coffee shop. Um, We are in Pendleton Heights, which is what the PH stands for, not PH Balance. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, we've been here about two months. Um, Just trying to be, you know, a little community focused mom and pop cafe. so we've got, as you, I don't know if you can hear in the background, got a, a yeah. kids area. So this, yeah. Uh, right there, see that's that scream right there is one of those kids. Uh, <laughs> got a little play area for kids, so parents can bring their kids in, you know, have a cup of coffee while the kids yeah. run around and um, serving hammer hand coffee, so you know the coffee's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a it, the uh, kids the the screams of joy will they add authenticity to the podcast. So yeah. There we yeah, go. It's like a cafe soundtrack in the background. Yeah. You, Mike, you're pretty dressed up for Christmas today. Yes, most definitely. It is December. I always uh, get ready. Um, I'm not a Christmas fanatic, but I roll with the holidays. Yeah. Um, but in regards to the shop and go along, I say I really dig this spot. It's very nice. It's very homey, very cozy, inviting. Um, this is really neat. Uh, I enjoy the old facades that are a part of this building yeah so uh just got to say that for all of you around the area that want to check out something new and different and get some really good coffee to come on down and check it out yeah, yeah. and th- this was your first time having hammer and coffee right this is my very first time i have yeah. not had the uh delight to be able to have some and i'm enjoying so, a nice you- cup of kenya right now yeah. oh yeah nice where's that rank on your list alex of your favorite coffees you've roasted the kenya uh the kenya so Kenya's for me are pretty hit or miss. Um, we've had two. We've actually only roasted two, um, but I've been happy with this. And actually, in the last, we've had this for almost eight months. And in the last month, it's all of a sudden like our best-selling coffee. Nice. Uh, so yeah, it's. I'm happy to have. That's actually one of the last cups that we have. Uh, I <laughs> nice. roasted the last batch last week, so that's that's one of the, that's gotta the lo- end. Gotta love how <laughs> that got works it while out. I could. Yeah. Well, um, I guess this is my first like two roaster podcast actually so um i guess first maybe we could give just in case both of you have been on the show before but just in case um people haven't listened you guys want to just do quick intros for yourselves real quick um so uh i am mike mazzullo um with pt's coffee roasting company uh head roaster one of several roasters who produce our coffee um and it's really great to be back here doing another podcast here with Ethan. And it's really cool to be here uh, doing it with Alex. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to Alex's podcast with Ethan, um, I say totally go check it out. Yeah. Uh, there was one thing I highly appreciate. One thing that uh, he talked about was uh, being open and honest. Not many people share their fears, uh, pitfalls, and are honest about uh, the problems that you may have starting a business and working a business. Um, yeah. Most business owners would kind of hide that fact and say, things are good. We're doing awesome. Um, he put it out real. Um, he was completely transparent. And uh, I re-listened to that podcast again here, as I was telling Ethan here uh, several weeks ago. Um, I really appreciate the honesty and the openness that he had talking about the things that he has gone through just to produce what he has today. Yeah. Well, I super appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, 
I haven't listened to that podcast because I hate the sound of my own voice. I know. Maybe that's I'll the have thing. to go back I'm and barely go. Ever listen. Mind, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I refuse for the same I know. Reason. I, I never listened to them, which <laughs> is like all of them. Like, oh, no. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great, you know, being open and honest, especially because if you're not, then it can give people like this, this false idea of what it's like to own a business, and then they might stumble into some, you know, very difficult scenario without realizing yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, Alex Merrill. So I own uh, Hammerhand Coffee. I'm the head roaster there. Uh, I also have another roaster. Uh, Jordan Hickman is my uh, production roaster there. Um, and then I am uh, part owner of PH Coffee here where we are today. Um, PH Coffee, totally separate entity, separate business partners. Uh, we do buy coffee that I roast at Hammerhand, but uh, it is not the same company. Um, yeah, super happy to be here. Happy you guys were able to come down to the PH. Yeah, yeah. Impromptu it was it was cool. Um, it's only my second time here, so um, I guess for the butt, let's uh, just talk coffee. How long have each of you been in the coffee world? How many combined years of experience do we have here? I have been in coffee for. Hang on. Uh, Since the age of two, eight, I had my first black cup of coffee. Eight years, I think. I eight think, years. I think 2011 was when I got in. Okay, cool. Uh, actually, being within coffee, um, I'd say about 14 years. Um, work started off uh, working in a cafe in Dallas where I helped manage it um, mm-hmm. before moving on to PTs where I'm just about to hit 11 years there with them. Uh, but coffee has been around me my whole life. Uh, mm-hmm. Grew up in an Italian family where my dad would drink two pots of coffee, smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. Um, That's a dream right there. In the 80s, <laughs> as he was making his pots of coffee, I was getting my pitchers of Kool-Aid. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but in junior high and high school, growing up in Louisiana, um, there was a great coffee culture of Chicory, Cafe de Mon, um, but yeah. locally for me, uh, growing up, we would always go to the cafes on the weekends that were still open till two or three in the morning. Nice. That's where all the weirdos went to hang out, smoke cigarettes and drink cheap coffee all night long. Yeah. Not getting into as much trouble being outside of a coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, eating some beignets. Yeah. Um, so I've always drank coffee, but my specialty coffee experience has only been since I have been working with PTs as far as okay. being in the industry. Yeah. So you both, because you started with counterculture, right, Alex? Uh, so I started working at Ultimo Coffee in That's Philadelphia. Right. I was uh, trying to think they of served which... counterculture. Okay. Um, and now they so roast their own coffee. They now roast their own, yeah. So I, I got started in the coffee industry um, on a high note. Um, so I kind of got spoiled there drinking, mm-hmm. you know, their coffees for free all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where I started. That was, I think, if I remember right, it was 2011. Uh, Ultimo Coffee in Philadelphia worked there for like four years. Uh, then came back here, worked at Key Coffee uh, for about a year, mm-hmm. and then went directly into ownership, which I I don't suggest the transition from barista yeah. to business owner to anyone. Yeah. Uh, management experience would be great. Yeah. I suggest that. Yeah. Uh, that's not the route I went, though. Yeah. yeah. I went straight from barista hey, to owner. You know, you figure it out. Now yeah. you're rolling. Lost a bunch of money and figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what happens. <laughs> As long as we learn from our mistakes, it looks like you definitely have. Yeah, yeah. trying anyway. Yeah. Um, so, like, when you guys first started, 
with coffee, what was, um, I guess, okay, so whether, you know, eight or 14 years ago, what was your go-to cup of coffee then and what's your go-to cup of coffee now? I remember the first, my, my first go-to coffee at Ultimo uh, before I started working there because we moved to Philadelphia and I was trying to get a job there. Yeah. It was the Tiriku uh, Kenyan coffee. Yeah. Uh, and I'd only really ever had like medium to dark roast like Central yeah. Americans. I didn't really, I thought that I didn't like African coffees. Yeah. Um, and I had that coffee and it was like grapefruit, like bright citrus light. And it was just like mind blowing. I remember yeah. loving it so much. And I was so excited when I got a job there because then it went from 450 to free. Yeah. Um, so I drank a lot of the Tiriku. That was, that was my first, my first amazing coffee. Cool. Um, well, after the dark roast and chicory from the cafes growing up yeah, uh, yeah. throughout Louisiana and also uh, the coffee that my dad always brewed up at home, um, my first, you know, go-to coffee that I really enjoyed was a, uh, just an average medium roast uh, Guatemalan coffee. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you which region it was from, which lot it was, um, but it was like, wow, this is very rich, smooth, it's chocolate, it wasn't bitter. Um, so that was the first introduction to something that was better than your average just dark roast coffee, your diner type yeah. coffee, um, which to this day, I still really enjoy. If you can yeah. walk into a diner and order a cup of coffee, you know exactly what you're going to get. Yep. And it's something very, very nostalgic about it. Yeah. And no matter how long that pot has been sitting on that burner, it is still <laughs> amazing. The longer, the The flood better. of memories that will come rushing over you again yeah uh so i know there are some coffee professional and folks out there who um will not drink anything other than their shot of espresso or their pour over um that only they produced uh there is much more in life to enjoy um, yeah. out there and there is no pedestal to stand on yeah hey i think that's a great message because <laughs> you know that leaves it, uh, that makes it okay for people to like both. Because a lot of times there is that, like, you get pitted into the, because, you know, since we have a co coffee subscription service, like, I'll be talking to people and they're like, oh, you probably don't like this coffee anymore. It's like, no, it's it's good. Yeah. It's like just casual drinking coffee. Yeah. There's not always that, like, high status of, oh, I need the absolute best all the time kind of thing. Uh, there are times when I'll be running late for work and my drive is almost about 40 minutes yeah. uh, to my job. And if I'm halfway to work and realize I didn't grab my coffee cup, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, I am pulling over to the gas station and I'm yeah. getting that, I don't know if I'll name any names uh, for legal <laughs> reasons, but it is a glass bottle. It yeah. is a chocolate milk with coffee in it. Um, <laughs> I uh, wonder. Rhymes with Trappuccino. <laughs> um, I love them. I love me a nice dessert coffee, a mocha. This heresy oh, on coffee. People. Hell yes. I'll go to any coffee shop and get a mocha mm -hmm. as a sweet treat, as yeah. a dessert, with also getting a little bit of nice chocolateness and yeah. coffee. I have no shame to say that. I'll say it again. No shame to say that. I it's love me a mocha. Yeah. We will not receive any hate mail on that one. <laughs> I might, but that's okay. Yeah. I don't care. That's true. Okay, um, my next question, I have a couple questions of the coffee 
journey. Because you guys are both or um, in different spots now, but I mean similar paths along the way. So what um, what were some of the biggest hiccups in your uh, start and where you are now with coffee? So do you mean hiccups just along my like total yeah. journey or yeah, just like I the guess transition? Better phrase of the question, what what points were you like shit, I do not want to partake in the coffee industry anymore? Um maybe uh, it never got that extreme, but Yeah, I don't so I don't want to name exactly well, I've already named the places that I worked. I worked at, at more than just two, but there's a couple, a couple yeah. places here and there that I, I did guest spots at or briefly worked. Uh, and there were definitely experiences that I had where, like, work cultures were really poor. Yeah. Um, you know, toxic work environments and management yeah. wasn't either wasn't helping or was making it worse. Mm-hmm. And I definitely had my moments of like, I don't like this, and I yeah. don't really want to do this if I'm going to be in charge of a culture yeah. like this. Yeah, um, but then the the primary hiccup was just making, attempting to make the transition from, you know, regular, you know, hourly barista to business yeah. owner. No one really sat me down and was like, "Look, man, there's a lot to do. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you don't know how to do. You yeah. should probably have some experience first. Yeah. So basically, the first year of Hammerhand's existence was my hiccup. Yeah. When, once you put that, yeah, investment in, it's. It's just like it's going to be a lot more work, and there's never really. It's really hard to push that relax button once oh, yeah, you no, once you go down that. No, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no time off. There's no vacations. You know, I've been out of town for. I, we went to St. Louis for like two days. Uh, yeah. About a month ago, or about three months ago, before PH opened, and that's yeah. that's really the only time off that I've had since yeah. Hammerhand opened. Yeah. Um, and then there's just a lot, you know, a lot that happens behind the scenes in a business that you don't see, mm-hmm. and you don't really know that it happens until you're responsible for it. And there's yeah. not really anybody above you to push the responsibility off onto. You got to solve all the problems. Yeah, yeah, so true. So yeah. Uh, probably so. My biggest, I guess you would say, hiccup or whatnot as far as being in existential the crisis of like. Okay. Kind of thing. <laughs> Existential crisis. Oh, I've got way more of those. That yeah. is very easy. <laughs> Who doesn't have a uh, lot of those, right? Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> for my step into specialty coffee, coming into PTs, is I walked into uh, a company which had professionals, people who have great experiences, whereas I had little knowledge to the fact of coffee. I knew it came from a shrub. I knew it came from a cherry. Yeah. Um, I knew nothing about the roasting process or... Um, there's a lot of just things that I did not know. So it was the lack of all confidence of being surrounded by so many people with so much knowledge. Yeah. Um, I felt quite inadequate and mm-hmm. like I could not actually help bring anything else to the table. Um, thankfully, with the folks that I was surrounded by, I actually helped give me the confidence and helped me with the knowledge to get me to where I am today now. But um, still to this day, uh, walking into a room of coffee, coffee professionals. Uh, sometimes I have that moment of freeze up where yeah. I'm like, am I good enough for the rest of these people that I'm around? Yeah. Um, can I not just talk the talk or walk the walk, but actually be able to contribute something that may be yeah. of any basic knowledge yeah. that someone may not have or be lacking. So 
um, I try to share that where I can, but yeah, my biggest existential thing is having pure confidence in a lot of aspects. Um, yeah. A lot less today than it was then, but still to this day. Um, yeah. Uh, being around a lot of people sometimes, it I can have those oh shit moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's like once you finally get in the room, it's like, yeah, then you always have that, um, those moments where, yeah, shit, do I belong here? But yeah, that, then you just say everyone else is just people. They're probably thinking the exact same thing, but those are, those are always fun. Um, what is there for, for you guys, um, coming up, are there like, who would be the mentors that really um, helped you get to where you are or decide this is what I want to make happen? Um, so when I, I started at Ultimo in Philadelphia, uh, my purpose there was I wanted to, we moved there, I moved away from all friends and family. I was yeah. a freelance designer and photographer, so I moved away from my whole network. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really have anything to do and I had thought about opening a coffee shop so I was like I'll get a job at a coffee shop to see if that's what I yeah. want to do so um, the owners there Aaron and Elizabeth Ultimo um, were very helpful uh, you know I, I kind of got to watch how they did things and you know see that they were just regular people like if, yeah. if they can if they can do it I bet I could probably figure it out yeah um, I uh, spent some time with uh Tom Billions in uh, Springfield, who was the owner of uh, the Coffee Ethic. Uh, he sadly he, he tragically passed away um, a couple of years ago or a few years ago now, probably. Um, but I had several conversations with him, just kind of asking him how he how he managed it. With he had you know uh, young kids. Yeah. And I at the time when we opened Hammerhand had uh, just one uh, one young uh, young child. Yeah. So he was very helpful in giving me the confidence that it is possible to balance, difficult yeah. but possible to balance actually having a, a home life and yeah. a business. Yeah. Um, uh, more mentors would have been awesome. I should have sought yeah. that out. I will yeah. say that again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> more would have been better. Yeah. Um, in regards to mentors, um, luckily I had a lot of people around me helping me and giving me the encouragement and the ability to experiment, play, and gain knowledge as I go along. Um, it was a lot of just experimenting and playing around. Um, I had some help with our previous head roaster, Adam and Brent at the time, uh, that helped me gain some confidence and a little bit of understanding at the very get-go of some of the aspects of the roasting process that goes mm-hmm. on. Um, even though it really wasn't that long ago, a lot of the sciences have changed and a lot of the new aha moments and ideas of what actually occurs during the roasting process have all come along and that's really helped me out but there's been a lot of people in the industry who I've kind of looked up to who they may never have known Mm -hmm. that I've actually kind of looked up to them Um, being a part of the Roasters Guild I saw some of these folks and uh, they were very humble in what they did and how they you know showed themselves off they uh, we're not trying to be all high and mighty thinking that they were all this and that and those were the ones I really really looked up to and listened to and followed um, because um, That's all I can do is hope and inspire be inspired to be like somebody who you hope to be. Yeah um, So just seeing them being everyday people 
and realizing that as a coffee roaster, um, we all lift heavy ass bags, we all make green beans brown to black, um, we all burn ourselves and scrape ourselves, cleaning the flues and so on and so forth. Um, there's a lot that we have in common and that we are not too different as individuals. Um, we might have our own ways, styles, or processes of what we do, but all in all, at the end of the day, we've done the exact same thing and we all go home at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but no, there's a lot of people out there who I uh, do not want to specifically shout out. Like I said, they've <laughs> probably never known that I've always looked up to them. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of roaster folks around the country who I keep in touch with and have a lot of respect for. Yeah. So awesome. I'll definitely say that. Um, well, I was thinking we could do, do you guys, if you guys have any questions for each other. No pressure. We didn't talk about this before, so. How long have you How long have you been roasting? About eight years now. Eight years? A little over eight years now. Um, how did you get into it? Um, luck. I got in there pure <laughs> luck. Um, uh, prior to roasting, I was just doing production, which was, you know, stickering bags, filling the bags, sweeping grounds and beans at the end of the day, restocking, uh, making sure everything was nice and tight. Um, and then there was the openness of, hey, it'd be nice if we had somebody as a backup in case someone's sick, ill, yeah. uh, vacation, whatnot, and was able to dabble in it that way and gain a little understanding. Um, I did as much online research as I could on anything I could find out once I knew that there was that op open opportunity. Um, though as just about every other roaster out there can tell you, there is not a whole lot of information available yeah. um, <laughs> to the public. Um, there are some books that you can purchase, um, but uh, what's really nice is um, being able to just find that readily available to hopefully gain a little perspective on what happens, what occurs, and what to do while roasting. Um, but that was, it was a sheer luck chance. Um, even getting my uh, job at PTs was by choice or by chance. Yeah. Um, so I've been very appreciative and very honored to be able to be where I'm at, really. How long did it take you to feel like, yeah, I'm doing this right. I'm doing a good job. Um, in about 2025, uh, <laughs> you can ask me again and I'll tell you. So <laughs> humble. So humble. No, really. Um, every time you think you know something and that you have an understanding, uh, you do something and it's like, whoa, I just learned something new. Mm -hmm. Or be like, oh, I just kind of disproved what I thought I knew prior. Um, that's what I love about roasting or coffee in general is uh, it's always going to change. There's yeah. always going to be something new. There's always going to be new sciences. There's always going to be the experiments going on. Um, that's what keeps it fresh for me. I love playing around. Uh, there's some things that I've done here recently where I've learned um, by mistake, and it's been amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, just so in case anybody doesn't know, if you put coffee in a drum with no fire and full airflow through your drum, it'll still rise in temperature due to the heat created by friction, wow, um, which is something that I'm, I'm starting to uh, profile, just friction heat rises. Um, because yeah. I'm trying to find out in different aspects how that may truly affect. So huh. that's something I learned, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but there's always something new to learn. And um, it, it's very amazing. And to be around like-minded folks who will openly talk and, you know, share their pitfalls and their ideas and their accomplishments, I think is really cool because um, as a coffee roaster, it's awesome to go other places and have great coffee. And I would like to be able to make coffee greater as well as I know anybody else would. So I think we all should be able to just share the excessive knowledge we may have. So that way we can all, you know, enjoy ourselves and enjoy our coffees and everything. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, well, I still consider myself pretty new at it. We've been at it for like a year and a half, so I was just curious what yeah. <laughs> how you felt about your coffees compared yeah. to how I feel about my coffees. Scared as shit. Yeah. <laughs> Every time someone like buys a bag online and I ship it off, I'm like, oh god, I hope this is good. <laughs> oh no. Um, I mean, over the years I have gained confidence and with our quality control, thank you Lara, thank you Maritza, and for the profilings that we do and all the help and the copies that we purchase that are awesome. I feel confident everything is going to go out tasting good, but I'm always hoping everything goes out tasting fucking amazing for everybody and that everybody has that. We'll be able to name five years, oh there's that one coffee I had by them that I bought that I'll never forget. I'm like, what is that? A Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> um, we nailed that Brazil. That would be awesome yeah. to know. Um, yeah. But no, just anything and everything. Uh, just being able to have that confidence. And so um, just being able to do that. And my thing for question for you is, you know, what can the roasting community do for you? Ooh. Um, come give me free tutoring. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, online forums have been very helpful. Um, it is, it's, I've discovered in trying to do as much online learning, uh, as I can, how difficult it is to transfer knowledge, not only from person to person, cause everyone kind of has a different understanding of it, but from machine to machine, like the readouts on your machine are, I don't want to say arbitrary, but they're really dependent upon that machine. And so I can show my, uh, roasting curves, which for anyone who doesn't know, like, most roasters now will have computer programs that will help them track their, their roast uh, profiles throughout each roast, and then they can look back on those and try and replicate them from time to time. Um, so I can like show my roast curves to another roaster, and it may or may not mean much of anything, because it all depends on like the thickness of my temperature probes, and like what does 80% airflow mean for me, versus what does 80% airflow mean for you, and like what is my gas pressure. Um, so the transfer of knowledge is actually I've discovered very difficult, um, but just communicating in on probably like actually communicating back and forth in online forums, like l you know, hearing questions and saying like, "Oh, I think I have an answer for that," and just hopping on and, and adding to the conversation. <laughs> that would be very cool um, if there was uh, a larger collective of roasters out there who would participate in this. I yeah. think that'd be fantastic. Um, I have a buddy roaster of mine who one day said. Here's this coffee, and I think it was from Costa Rica, and he goes, here's my profile, what do you think of it? And I'm looking at the scrap of a profile, and I'm like, it's sexy. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea what you're roasting on. I have no idea your batch size to capacity. I have, there's, I have nothing else to go off of. I, yeah. And so I'm with you. If you just look at a single profile curve, it really gives you almost no information or detail of nothing. what that is. Yeah. Um, really where that transpires down to is actually tasting the cup. Um, yeah. It's knowing what type of reactions happen during what part of that curve, how sweet, how acidic, how much body is there, what kind of flavor attributes come. I can better describe what I'm tasting and probably what happened during your roast than I can looking at your profile and be like, I know what you did, or I know <laughs> how to make this better, or you nailed this just by looking at it. I have no idea just looking at these things. It's all about yeah. tasting and having these understandings. Um, so. The roasting community um, could definitely uh, be of assistance to helping out Alex to give him a little bit more confidence, as I would be more than happy to do as well. 
Um, if you have any questions here later on outside this podcast, not to bore anybody, just me and him talking about the <laughs> different things that happen during the roasting process. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I know there's a lot of folks out there who'd be willing to talk and open up and though it's few and far between, but they are out there. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Um, I've been there to work with some other roasters who I've only hoped to spread that knowledge as well to other folks who have the exact same questions or issues and problems that they have throughout their careers. Yeah. I thought of a question. Yes. So all those different, so how many roasting methods are there? Like you got air roasted and you guys just, is it like just that and standard roasting or what? I mean, you can, you can roast coffee any way you can create heat. So okay. I mean, there's lots of methods, but so uh, yeah, is there like a really weird one? Is anyone like making coffee in an oven or something like that? It happens. People do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard of wood-fired coffee. Oh yeah, wood-fired coffee. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are the folks, that sounds real history. Sorry for getting your name. <laughs> like there are there are the folks in Colorado that uses uh, solar heat um, to roast their coffee, um, which I know nothing about the process and how they harness that solar energy. Um, what little I have read about them, I was thoroughly intrigued by, but though I also yeah. see there might be some pitfalls um, yeah. to that aspect if um, you're not able to actually gain everything you may need to reproduce a roast. But I yeah. have no clue. Maybe they can. And if so, that is freaking awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, but as far as roasting processes, generically that you would find in the coffee industry would be conduction, convection, fluid bed, and hybrid. Okay. Would you say a Loring? Is a Loring a hybrid? A Loring is a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. We have a, in Kansas City another air roasting. Have you heard of No Coast um, coffee roasters? I didn't know there was a coffee roaster. I've heard the term No Coast. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think they just popped up. I just I just found their stuff lately. So they, they got like three roasts and air roasted. Um, so that's another question for you guys. How do you feel... Because we were talking about before this how Kansas City is like, you know, world, whatever that phrase world class means yeah. now. I mean, world class coffee and, you know, people are popping up all the time. There's a huge community here of people that roast in their garage, et cetera. So, um, you know, new, been around a while. What, what's the perspective on all this growth in the coffee industry? Um, good, bad? all those things i think it's really awesome and really neat people who i knew are, you were going to say that who, <laughs> who you know want to dabble in it who want to have better yeah. understanding um that's starting you know either from your home roaster or your baristas who want to learn more because the more you know about the roasting the more that will actually help you out with you know processing and extracting yeah um when it comes to people you know, online customers asking like, how should I grind this coffee or how should I brew it? Or you have a wholesale of customers like, I just got this coffee, what do you think? Um, anytime that happens for a coffee roaster, it's really nice to be asked because you have a little bit more extra knowledge of yeah. the density, how that roast went along, how that profile was created. And so it might help you dial in your extraction a little bit more. You might have a little bit more insight on your brew ratio. Yeah. And so as a home roaster or a barista who wants to gain that knowledge to better themselves as a barista or home brewer, um, it's very helpful. But as far as the explosion of coffee roasters throughout America, I 
actually think, I still think that's really neat. Yeah. Um, and I hope the coffee industry can sustain that because nowadays there's less, less specialty coffee than there was 10 years ago. And yet there are more specialty coffee drinkers here now than there was 10 years ago. So yeah. the demand is getting a little bit more tighter. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I just hope we were all able to get a piece of that demand and be able mm -hmm. to produce that and give it to an end consumer who will thoroughly enjoy it by what we do as roasters through the manipulation of roasting process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say I'm definitely, I mean, I'm a part of it as a owner yeah. of two fairly new <laughs> yeah. coffee companies. Yeah. Um, but I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. It does, you know, it creates a level of competition that we haven't really experienced in Kansas City in specialty yeah. coffee before. Yeah. Um, which can be hard to navigate. You know, I own a coffee shop and four blocks away, there's another coffee shop opening yeah. up. Both of us specialty coffee shops, both yeah. of us vying for basically the same customer base. Yeah. Um, but my hope is in kind of this explosion of mom and pop shops, small roasters like, like my company, yeah. um, that we can help to reverse the perceived value or help to increase the perceived value of coffee. Yeah. Because uh, a, a problem with the coffee industry is not just the specialty industry, but coffee as a whole is big brands like, well, I don't want to name any names, but um, places where you can get cheap coffee drive down the perceived value of that coffee. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard to charge the amount of money you need to charge yeah. to pay your employees well, to pay rent and keep the lights yeah. on, and then also to have paid enough to the producers mm -hmm. uh, to make you know we we have a, a crisis in the coffee industry where the sea market price is dry, you know is below what producers can turn a profit with like yeah. it's, hard, it's difficult to sell green coffee and make money yeah um so as roasters we need to be able to buy coffee for the prices that the producers can sustain yeah uh, but it's hard to do that when the perceived value in our country is is so low so I mean, yeah. my hope is that with the explosion of the availability of specialty coffee that we can yeah um help you know, slowly drive that perceived value up. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, I think is the great part is because really you guys end up being like storytellers of the people you buy mm -hmm. the coffee from, which is really cool. And all of you do a great job of that. Yeah, um, we have, right now we have our first, um, obviously we have, we've only, this is only the second season really. Yeah. Uh, so we have our first uh, coffee that I've produced or I've uh, purchased two seasons in a row. Nice. Uh, and it's a direct, like, I, I have uh, all the information about the producer. We have his name. We have yeah. you know, photos of his farm. And uh, yeah. it's the coffee's a hit. Everybody yeah. everybody loves it. It's the Kahina for anyone who is familiar with uh, my coffee. It's what we have on here. I think I've been here. saying that wrong for, like, a year. Yeah, it's not the uh, it's not the Kujina. It's the yeah. Kahina. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I mean it's and it's great. So my customers love being able to see like, oh, this is Nicholas Ramirez. Like, yeah, th he's the guy that produces this coffee. Yeah, um, you know, here's his farm. It's in this area. Here's all the information about it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and that's that's a lot of people just haven't seen that before. I mean, I know that it's kind of a tired trope in the specialty coffee industry. Like you yeah. can see single farmer lots literally everywhere in the specialty coffee. Yeah, but for you know your average coffee consumer who doesn't really think about coffee. You know, hearing that story told is a new yeah. perspective to them. So, yeah. you know, more people being able to, like, shed a little light on what, what the coffee industry is like beyond the cup of coffee yeah. is, is helpful. 
Yeah, I think like probably like 95% of consumers have probably more than that and have no idea where it's all coming from. Yeah, even people that I've hired to work for me, like yeah. I showed them a picture of a coffee plant and they're like, what's that? Like, what are those like, red things? Coffee are... comes out of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Um, so I have to say, I bet, you know, for your first time having a reoccurring lot coming from year to year, um, you may have... Uh, people who have had it before in the past and they're excited to see it again. Mm -hmm. um, I always love that and being able to talk to people um, when we receive another lot coming in because they're like, oh, I remember this, mm -hmm. but it was so different last year. Mm -hmm. But this is that one chance opportunity that you can break down and be like, this is an agricultural product. Yeah. Things can change. It's going to yeah. taste different because this year it had a colder summer or a warmer winter or you yeah. know they had you know updated milling processes there at the farm. And it gives people a little bit more of insight and connection of, oh, this is something that is a non-renewable resource that has to be regrown, and so it may be different. Um, so that's actually really exciting for you to be able to do that yeah. again, because yeah. you will have people ask those questions, and you will be able to answer that specifically to them. And I, I bet you it's really awesome to see their eyes light up yeah. and gain that, like, yeah. ah, I see now. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's super cool. And actually, um, as I'm sure you know, Brazil kind of had a rough a rough season. It was hard to get copies out of Brazil. And we have one um, producer organization that we purchased our Brazils from. And we weren't able to get any for like a month. So our espresso tasted differently than it normally does. And that was kind of another one of those opportunities. Like, well, Brazil had a very tough year. I haven't been able to get the copies that I normally have been getting. Uh, we got to wait a little bit. The harvest was pushed back. Um, so that's, that's another thing, you know another opportunity to explain to people like yeah this is like products that you buy at the grocery store like it's it comes from a tree like it's yeah it's you know long laborious hard work to farm it and it's all subject to the environment subject to rainfall um, disease so yeah no and I see that if you're open and honest with those type of answers people 99.8 percent of them will be completely understanding and they're very appreciative to be able to gain that little bit of knowledge and insight of what it takes to have that. Yeah. And so that's really cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't have as much a connection like you do, um, sadly, being in a roasting plant under fluorescent lights all day. <laughs> um, not behind a bar, actually having direct customer communication most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, but it is cool to be able to put those insights in. Yeah. 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 It's okay. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, people don't think about the journey of the coffee mm -hmm. and like how far all that stuff goes and how many people are impacted by it yeah so it is always um fun to see that or check out that journey uh is it for you is it that hard to do or with like flying monkey and stuff like that even when there are changes year to year can you keep those things pretty consistent yes um so or those blends pretty consistent versus yes. a single origin exactly um so uh for those that aren't keen, which I know most are, a blend is not a specific set of beans that go into a coffee. It is a flavor characteristic profile. Um, so when something does change, whether it be a lot of this coffee or a lot or origin of that coffee, um, with manipulations during the roasting process can alter those coffees to remain consistent, um, especially once they go into the blend that is produced to the end consumer. Um, every now and then we'll have a barista who may notice, um, someone who's definitely on key and on par, and they're like, it changed slightly. Did I do something different? 
and it's just explaining to them what happens, but most people will not know, and that's, you know, for every roaster, this is what we do, this is what happens, it's seasonality. Sometimes we've got to change from a Guatemala to a Columbia, depending on the time of year it is and what we're putting into a blend. Um, but as a roaster, we are able to make these manipulations to make them stay consistent of flavor characteristic profiles of the end result that the consumers are used to, be, used to having. All right, boom, answered. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. It sounds good. Um, okay, what are you guys um, and your companies most looking forward to in 2020? It's that time of year. Planning, dreaming. Um, I am hoping for some growth. Um, so we're starting to open up wholesale a little bit. Um, we have the capacity to produce a little bit more than we're producing. So I'm hoping to be able to pick up a couple of accounts and with a higher volume um, really I mean the, the way you get good at anything creative is just doing it over and over and over again so with high like I just want I want higher volume so that yeah. Jordan and myself can just roast more mm -hmm. uh, and the more we roast the more coffee we're buying the more we're gonna learn the faster we're gonna get better yeah um, so that is probably what I'm looking forward to the most is um, increased capacity yeah um, so that so that I can get better <laughs> yeah at doing this hey, awesome um, actually, I have to say it's kind of along the same lines. We have uh, capacity to do much more volume and growth. Um, there are some large accounts uh, that we are currently working on that can really help just uh, crank out and produce a lot of coffee, which will help help us have more of the funner things. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to do a lot of one thing um, in order to be able to do a lot of the smaller things that are the fun things that we really enjoy doing. Um, with that, it would be nice to be able to have a little more capacity to have other folks helping out with us. I'd like to see another roaster coming on and helping out with some other things mm -hmm. um, through our facilities so that way we can all be able to have our chances to do the things that we are most interested with as the company grows and as profits a lot and allow us to do so. Yes. The money. Dang it. It's always there. It's always there. Well, no, that's wrong. It's never there. <laughs> it's never there. It's never there when you want it to be there. Um, so some other, uh, as we come to an hour, some other fun questions for this last year or really just all-time um, coffee experiences. And we can do outside Kansas City and outside your own cafes. What would have been some epic roasts you've had, epic cafe experiences? Um, anyone you want to get, give some love to? I'm going to let you answer first. I have to think about this, unless you have to think about it too. No. Um, there's one that actually sticks with me, and every time I bring it up, um, you'll hear somebody else in the coffee industry be like, I've heard that, or I've, or I've been there. Yeah. Um, I have no personal connection with anybody who works there. I'll go ahead and say that outright first. Um, in Portland, there is Proud Mary. Proud oh, Mary. With their freezer thing? Um, no, it's not with their freezer thing. So uh, I went in uh, while I was on a trip, and as just a regular customer, not being known, um, went in and they had one single coffee off a single roast being produced as a cold brew beverage, as their shot of espresso, and their pour over. Hmm. And I loved the style because you come in, you get greeted, you get sat down, and then a menu comes out to you. They do serve really great food, but if you want coffee, you're still getting a menu. Mm -hmm. And each one of their baristas or 
and or servers will go through the menu and talk about the farmer, the lot, the processing. Wow. And um, so the girl who was there taking our order was very nonchalant about it. Like she knew it, not like she was repeating something like, yes, she's done it over and over again. I have no doubts, but actually had a little bit more of a core and a passion to it, talking about each individual process and what to expect out of each experience of that coffee, but did it so well. And then went back and produced each one of those different beverages and each one of those beverages coming out as exactly described in a very casual environment in a way that you could just sit there and enjoy it. And it it was phenomenal. It was, you know, like going to a very nice restaurant um, and getting a whole experience out of it, uh, being told by the maitre d' or whatnot what you're going to expect, what what they have. Um, It was really, really cool. the coffee was really good, the service was amazing, and the whole setup and procedure of everything, it was an experience that, after I tipped very well for what I got, <laughs> um, <laughs> walked away and was like, wow, I wanna experience that in another coffee shop again, somewhere else, or yeah. you know, it'd be nice to see more like that. Um, so not to hit or miss on anybody else who have had great customer experiences, Proud Mary, you don't know me, I know you, um, <laughs> you did awesome, and a lot of people talk about you. Like I said, I've had people in the industry when I've brought this up were like, oh, I've heard the same. Or I've been there and yes, they just nail it every single time. I've never had a single hiccup, never had a bad experience. Um, and they're able to do it over and over again to everybody who I've ever known to have gone without a single bad experience. So that's really amazing because you always hear of somebody who had a bad experience at one shop. Yeah. And that's usually a one-off thing because I've actually, the worst customer experience I've ever had a co- at a coffee shop who I'm not going to name or even tell you where it's at because it may be local. Um, I am the only person who apparently had that one horrible experience where I was treated terribly. Yeah. Um, we've all had that and that's why it's nice to be able to walk into a shop and not be known. So you get that yeah. everyday customer experience. Yeah. Um, so baristas always be nice <laughs> to your customers yeah. and treat everybody equally because they are important for your business. Boom. Because I don't go back to this place regardless of how many great things I hear about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll second that last point. Customer is very important to business. Be kind and accommodating to everybody. Yes. Um, so I have worked a lot in the last year. Yeah. Uh, so I actually have not experienced coffee in very many places outside of my place of business. Yeah. Uh, I'm fairly sensitive to caffeine, so I can't drink very much coffee. And so most of my... Uh, caffeine consumption comes from just tasting my coffees as in the form of like quality control. Yeah. Um, so I don't drink coffee like recreationally uh, yeah. all that often. Um, so my experience is a little odd, but I did a, a roasting course in Portland. Uh, so I went, I had kind of plateaued in terms of skill development. So I just forked over some money and I, I paid for a course. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, the roasting company was called Nasa Familia Coffee in Portland. Um, and while I was there, they just had, in their office, they just have pots of coffee brewed for anyone yeah. to have. And the Nasa Familia is uh, associated, it's owned by people who own farms in Brazil. So they primarily gotcha. do Brazilian coffees, mm-hmm. which anyone in specialty coffee knows, like Brazil is kind of like, you don't expect any like face-meltingly amazing coffees from Brazil. Like their coffees are good. Yeah. And the coffees are solid, but it's just, you know, pretty good coffee. Yeah. It's generally what you get. You use them for blenders in, um, in you know, blends or like espresso or whatever. We use, we use a lot of Brazil uh, for our espresso. 
um, and it's really great in that. But usually, if you get like a single origin Brazilian coffee on drip, it's usually pretty good. Like it, you know, you add milk and sugar to it or whatever. But I had a dark roasted Brazil and a dark roasted Nicaragua there, and it just was so good. Like you don't often hear people talk about like specialty coffee folks talk about how great this dark roasted coffee was. But seriously, it was yeah. so good. That's awesome. I went back and had more. Like <laughs> it just was. I don't know. It was, it was a moment for me, you know, I had these moments a lot, but another one of these moments where, like, you realize there's not really any rules. Like, yeah. there's no rule that says dark roast coffee has to be gross or ashy or yeah. flavorless. Like, yeah. it had sweetness, it had a little bit of acidity, like, it was well-balanced. It was mm-hmm. definitely dark and, and roasty, but, like, it had a lot of flavor. That's awesome. And I should have bought a bag. When I got on the plane, I was like, damn, I should have bought a bag of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. Good to hear. I love a good dark roast coffee. Yeah, I've had those moments of walking away from a cafe or getting home, and I was like, just like you, God damn it, I wish I would have bought a bag. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to taste that again, or I'd like to share that with this person or with my you know, roasting crew back at work. Um, I have that moment more than I don't. Um, I seem to be kicking myself in the butt all the time when I travel. I'm like, I should have brought some back for Matt and Lara, or I should have brought some back for Autumn and Will or anybody else at the roasting plant. Yeah. Um, just to share, because um, there's been coffees that I have shared with them, but coffee is very subjective as far as like what someone likes. And there's been coffees I'm like, you should try this, I love it, and they're like, eh, it's okay. Or there's coffees I'm like, here, try this coffee, it, it, it's fine, but it's not the greatest. And yet they'll be like, this is amazing. Again, very subjective. Yeah. Respect other people's taste yes. when it comes to what someone may like or don't like. People can be hateful. <laughs> they most certainly can. Yeah. Um, but just be open-minded. Uh, yeah. Coffees I love are not everyone else's favorites and vice versa. And every, that's everybody in coffee. Um, for all you, not just the coffee folks, but the consumers who may be listening that yeah. you may like something someone else doesn't and vice versa. You may share a bag of coffee or give it away because you don't like it. And the person you give it away may love it. Don't yeah. feel bad about giving away that bag of coffee that you purchased. Don't just grind it and throw it down, you know, the sink or into the trash can. Give it away. Yeah. It's really nice. I mean, there's a lot of hard work that went into that bag of coffee. Don't waste it. Yeah. True. What a great perspective. Yeah. Listen to Mike, people. Um, okay. You guys want to do like a little random question round? To sure. Cap this thing off? Yeah. Or more espresso shots and we could ramble all day. Okay. No, I've had my coffee already. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I might have something special up my sleeve. <laughs> well, in that case, fine. Fine. Um, okay. So, we'll see. Uh, what do you listen to when you're roasting? Uh, sci-fi books. Boom. Currently listening to Children of Time, which is my third time through that book. And if you haven't read or listened to Children of Time, I demand you do it right now. (laughs) Stop this podcast. I love how so quick you were on that. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Listen to a huge variety of things. Um, You've been to our roasting plant. It's fairly large. There's quite a few of us that work out there. Um, We all have a chance to uh, plug into this stereo, which we have cranking really loud. Um, one thing, it can't be too loud so people on the phones in the office can yeah. hear it. Yes. Um, also, I like to be able to hear first crack or, you know, listen to the machines, the hums, the, you know, yeah. average everyday noises of them just to make sure everything's okay. Uh, but it's a mass variety from reggae, from 
reggae to hip hop to grunge to nice. trip hop to indie to folk Americana. Um, it's pretty much the whole gambit. Uh, I will throw this out there, and this is a shout out that no one else may get. Um, but to lead up to that is, uh, in the past, I've you know, as a roaster, I've traded coffees with other roasters, roasters who I've worked with on, on the Roasters Guild, and every now and then, you know, I'll ask them or we'll share music. You know, make a mixed yeah. CD of things that we normally listen to, um, whether it's just you know average everything everyday things that we listen to in the roasting plant or things about you know moods that we're going through um here currently i have been absolutely hooked to a spotify playlist that was given to me here a couple months back from uh somebody who i've had brief encounters with for years who i've always respected who is a very strong woman who is really great and does a lot of cool things in the industry for where she's at and i've always respected her and thought that you know she's a really cool copy person who's going to go far in this world um but yeah uh got us playlist and i have been utterly addicted to it um i've been playing a lot of other stuff in between but there's just a lot of really cool things on there that i have never had experiences yeah. to hear uh so with coffee um everybody is Typically, people in coffee were either artists or musicians, um, and uh, I was both. A lot of them have been multiples and other things, but we all have art and we all have music that we all can, can get along with together. So every coffee person has their music, and uh, it's really cool that we can share our taste in music because I have not found a taste that I've been around from other folks in coffee that I'm like, that's horrible, or I wouldn't yeah. listen to that. It's, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah. We're all kind of messed up in the head and listen to the same type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, if I do, on the occasion that I listen to music when I get tired of reading the book or if I'm in between books, it's pretty much exclusively death metal is what I listen to. <laughs> and Jordan, my production roaster, is in a metal band, so he also listens to metal when we're roasting. So. Nice. So, Emperor Mayhem, Arcturus, or Old Man's Child, what is your best Norwegian death metal? Norwegian? Oh man, I don't really know. Okay. Uh, I have Swedish metal, so, uh, soil work. Okay, I yeah. Listen to soil work. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. No, no. Big soil work fan. Um, recently, I've been listening to To the Grave. Okay. Uh, they have a new one. I don't know where they're from. It's they. It's impossible to tell if they have an accent because you can't understand a word they're saying. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea either. I'm like the worst mu music person ever. My playlist is like three years old. I just stick to it. Boom. Um, so I probably need to get caught up on life a little bit. What's another good random question? Because I haven't thought about these at all. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for the new Star Wars movie? Five. Five? Maybe Why five? I don't know. I'm over it. <laughs> That's fair enough after the last one. The last one? I'm sorry? Episode 8. And what? The, the last one? Only the last one? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll watch it at some point. Um, I won't go out of my way. Um, sorry, Ethan. Um, you guys. No. I have Disney Plus now, so I'll just wait for it to come. <laughs> Disney Plus, best investment. All right, well, I'm giving myself an 8.5. Right. <laughs> I got faith. <laughs> I'm a dreamer. I'm always just going to hope that it's... But then I did find out today it's only two hours and 20 minutes, so I'm like, okay, there's no way they're going to fix all the things. 
in that See, short. You got to pull a Lord of the Rings and make it like it four and needs, a half hours. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. We need all the ends tied. Um, <laughs> what is something that you want all the people of Kansas City and anywhere else to uh, know about what you're working on, or anything about coffee in general? Come buy coffee at PH One. That's the first one. Please come buy coffee. <laughs> um, also, I mean, just in general, I mean, coffee costs money. Like, yeah. We just one of the one of the biggest issues the industry faces, and I kind of mentioned this before, is um, people in the specialty coffee industry will know there's been a lot of talk about um, like barista pay, and like there's been a lot of like, yeah. Uh, very public yes. talk, which is great. Like I, I, you know, public talk is great, but at the same time, it doesn't, it hasn't really um, addressed the problem that it's hard to make enough money as a cafe to yeah. pay people what they want to be paid or pay people what we really need to pay them. Yeah. Um, and the only way that's going to happen is if people are willing to front the cost. Like, yeah. this isn't a bunch of cafe owners who are being greedy and keeping profits. Like, Hammerhand literally does not make any money. Yeah. We've never distributed profits, ever. Yeah. Um, so it's literally impossible for us to pay any more. We pay as much as we possibly can, but until people are willing to yeah. realize that the value of a cup of coffee is more than they're paying mm-hmm. uh, based on how many people it takes to produce it, then yeah. you know it's not going to get any better. So um, realize how much coffee is worth and yeah. uh, how that contrasts with how much people are willing to pay. Especially for, I mean, a lot of people, until you get into the volume game, yeah, it's just going right, to be hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I hope you end consumers out there, the customers hearing this, it is absolutely true what Alex is saying here. Um, so understand if you've ever worked in a service industry, this is probably not for you, but just your everyday customer who has not ever worked in a service industry, just know there is a lot of hardships and pitfalls to be able to pay what baristas, what they want to be paid. And so when it comes down to that, know that you can actually help sustain a barista in their job that they really love and enjoy mm-hmm. by just making sure you give them a tip. Um, not yeah. not just that loose change that you get back from the yeah. bill. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess because I've always worked in the service industry, I've always been a little bit more of a gracious tipper. Um, but I understand yeah. at the same time that baristas... Okay, <laughs> to be fair and honest, people don't work in coffee for money. And yeah. that is your baristas, that is your roasters, that is your trainers, that is anybody and everybody, even your farmers. Your farmers aren't riding around in bling. They are doing something they love and helping to sustain a community by giving jobs to the people who need it. Uh, It's every part of the coffee world aspect. So what little bit you can do is pay that fair price that is being charged and just tip your baristas. Yeah, which is the nice thing about like, you know, use if people have like square cat, that is great. It's just like Tip one, two, three dollars, or Even based on percent. They increased their prices recently, and it made me really angry. They did. Yes. They increased All right. Their prices a lot. Um, shout out to Jack Dorsey. Whoever it is, I don't know. CEO. I have, I have words. I know you're a listener of the podcast, but get your shit together. Ten cents per transaction is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh. You're supporting small businesses here, man. Come on. <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I didn't expect this to go that direction. Sorry. 
There's our podcast protest. Okay, and lastly, I know you guys are going to talk offline once we get off here, but anything else you want to ask each other while we're on air? Not that I think would be interesting to anyone, (laughs) except for coffee roasters. Yeah. I could probably second that as well, too. Um, I have a feeling that once this is done, if you have the time, if you don't have to get back behind the bar, even if so, I'll stand back there with you and talk. Um, I bet you there's a lot of things we can do and talk and, you know, help out. Uh, I have tried to become more of a community here in Kansas City, reaching out to roasters, but some um, specifically have their own thing going for them. And, uh, yeah, but to have a connection um, would be really great. And uh, yeah. this has been awesome hanging out with you and getting a chance to finally meet you. Yeah, and um, I think that uh, a friendship could blossom here and mm-hmm. that um, we could benefit from one another's yeah, uh, for sure. personalities and uh, understandings and pitfalls and everything else that we've been through as yeah. far as roasting goes. Yeah, Awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming on and doing this. So yeah, it is you. what the coffee, Casey Coffee Collective is all about, bringing us together. So Oh, yes. And coffee. Yes. And, and coffee <laughs> doing it well caffeinated so all right well thank you guys and thank you all for listening um we will see you next time goodbye patio files <laughs> <laughs>